Mike, how do you get all that stuff? I mean, the racers and the horse and everything. I thought you liked it. I thought we were having fun. Oh, we are. It's a lot of fun, but you didn't tell nobody about the way we were playing or nothing, did you? Remember, you promised. Of course not. Don't be such a wimp. Because if you do, we can't do it anymore. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation uh, last week about a saucer full of loneliness and whatever that UFO was. I called it, I, I just posted a photo of it. I called it the space ravioli. I don't know what it was. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. No, yeah, sir. Didn't it like filled that. with lava and you <laughs> yeah. don't want it to it was filled, fall on your it was, head. Yeah, it was just filled full of like just space cheese that was way too hot that if you bit into it. Like you just hurt, you'd hurt yourself, right? That's actually why the uh, Shelly, the balls character, couldn't talk about it because yeah. her tongue was burnt. Burnt, right? She's like, it spoke to me and wouldn't say ah 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 ah. Anyway, <laughs> no. So yeah, um, so yeah, welcome, welcome to uh, Strange Highways. Uh, this is an anthology-based podcast uh, where we mainly talk about the Twilight Zone. We've covered the original series, which should mention as of this recording, which is October third. Um, that will be released later in the week. Uh, we just passed as of the second, the 64th anniversary of the original air date of where is everybody? And it had, it had to be brought to my attention, uh, by, by the El Goro of the talk without rhythm podcast, even though we literally just covered a revisit of that episode. Cause I don't remember dates. So like, you know, I'm an idiot. That's one of the people know that well, wasn't I paying mean, attention. You know, with your, with your profession and this, uh, this podcast and another podcast, there's a lot of dates that fly around in your, in your head. So, so, so yeah. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Happy, happy 64th anniversary of the start of the twilight zone. And also with this one though, I just want to mention since we're recording this on the third of October, now we're in the official spooky, uh, month, the, this episode we're about to cover of the eighties iteration of the twilight zone. The air date was October 4th, 1986. So we're recording this the day before uh, its anniversary, 37 years ago. So crazy, you know, how time moves. And yeah, like, like, oh, 64 years ago, the original Twilight Zone, that seems far away. And you're like, well, this one, I remember being a lot. Oh, no, time is still far away, right? I'm just saying yeah, that, you I know, mean, that it, it's, it is crazy how, how long ago this was even, uh, you know, put on, t- on television. Like yeah. I think 86, like. I was three at the time, but like still, it's like, geez, like, yeah. that's so, so long ago. Like time, time marches on and we'll take us all. So that's a positive note, right? To start the show off on. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it sounds like the, our the, mission statement. Yeah. It's like everybody welcome <laughs> to the show. Um, you know, the, the, the creeping shadow of death is coming ever closer every day. Enjoy. 
I know it. So, uh, but yeah, we, we cover all their anthology stuff. We are on our spooky month. Um, we're going to, I think we're going to do some straight trucking through the twilight zone just because we just got into this new season, but we have some other things maybe planned for later in the month that we'll, we'll talk about. We're going to have something fun, I think planned around uh, Halloween. So we'll get there when we get there. With that being said, we are now on season two, uh, episode two, segment a, what are friends for? Um, October 4th, 1986, like I said, air date, number one film, Crocodile Dundee, uh, number one song, uh, stuck with you, who you lose in the news. Um, I couldn't really find anything day and date, but I'm, I did find something that I want to send to you via Skype. If you're able to get it, it's a, it's a last time I used, what was the, was it cosmopolitan or whatever it was magazine? I found uh, a TV guide, uh, cover that I want you to see for the, from this week of when this aired, there we go. Uh, I want you to see that and then I want you to look at it and then like first, first read the, the headlines that you see on there, right? Read them aloud and then tell people the images that you see on it. Cause it's really weird, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, all right. So, uh, we got, all right. You wanted me to read the thing. So it says, uh, why romantic romantic love is uh, disappearing from prime time. Uh, and then below that it says, Two old favorites return to uh, to series television. Yeah. Um, so it's I guess that's Lucy Duvall or Lucy. It's, it's, um, it, yeah, it's Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball, and then that's Matlock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Griffith, I don't know right? what the actor's name. Yeah, it's Andy is, Griffith. But, yeah. It literally says that on the cover of the TV guide. But yeah, I just like get the idea where it's like, why romantic love is disappearing? Oh, there we go. And yeah, then we see on this say. cover uh, Lucille Ball in like a you know a workout outfit, and then um, you know Andy Griffith just being Matlock. And I'm like, is this the romantic love that's disappearing from primetime TV? It's very confusing to me, but I love and it. And he looks like he's like floating in the air just the way that this, <laughs> yes. this is shot. Cause they had to make sure that the barcode could fit underneath. Yes. They're like, cause you could tell elevate him. The photo of Lucille ball. You could tell that was actually shot with like, like, you know, whatever it was like their, their backdrop that they had. And they're like, we got him. Also. I like it. It's like, it implies that like that Andy Griffith is like four foot three. You know, for, like, anyway, I thought that was wonderful where it's like romantic love. Oh, Lucy and uh, Andy Griffith. Look at that. You know, those, those, um, really young heartthrobs of 1986, you know? So, um, anyway, I just thought, thought you'd appreciate that TV guide cover. I, I, I know I'm not always good at posting these things, but I'll try to remember to post that on, um, on our Facebook feed. I just want a little matlock now, like that small, like that. Just, just yeah, just matlock. Tiny, tiny matlock. Yeah, that should be <laughs> like the, <laughs> that. Don't that's the revival the series. Just the, yeah, you get like just a smaller, like a smaller matlock. He, he does, and he just um, you know, he he um defends the smaller cases. You know, yeah, like what's small Peter Dinklage doing. Yes, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh my god, can we please get a Matlock revival? Which actually, I think there is a Matlock revival. I think it's Kathy Bates is actually doing it on CBS, if I recall. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, huh. uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, let me just double check that. Yeah, let's see here. That's what people need. They need more Matlock. But at the same point, if we had mini Matlock, mini Matlock that might work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think there's. You know what? You could still have him guest star, and then then he and uh, Kathy Bates could uh, go on and, and solve all the, you know, the cases. I would love it so much. That'd be amazing. Anyway, so so that's what I got for day and date. So let's get into uh, who did what here for what are friends for? Yeah. So our, our cast. Uh, we'll start with our director here. 
Uh, somebody we've talked about more recently, um, this is Gus uh, Trignosis. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, so this is the third of four, or third of four uh, Twilight Zone episodes that we uh, were getting from this gentleman. So the, he did cold reading that we talked about, and then he also did take my knife, take my life, please. <laughs> take yeah. my knife, please. You know, hide it. <laughs> Hide it in your chest. No, uh, no, but, and I take my life, please was actually one of my favorite segments of the first season. Right. Cause I, somehow yeah. that, that the way that snapped together and was so bleak and dark, but cold reading was a little silly. It was more like an amazing stories type of thing, but whatever. Um, yeah, we've talked about it before. We got one more with him to go. Yeah. I'm actually seeing, uh, like excited to see what that turns out to be. So maybe he'll, he'll bet, you know, seven fifty. Um, but yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But, uh, yeah. So wait, right wait, 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 wait. You're that, saying that whatever comes next, you're going to like a lot, but then you automatically put cold reading it. Like, yeah, you know, that was, that was, uh, was that was right. a swing and a miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a ground rolled. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. Ground rolled double. No more yeah, baseball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so our writer on this is, uh, somebody new to our credits here yes. as, as a right, you know, as a writer, but very famous, uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, this is the first of many that we'll talk about. I think yes. he had done like 32 or something like well, that. So like I, I was trying to keep track of or the number, um, but he became a story editor on the series in season three, which I'm sure we'll get there when we get there. Um, but he it looks like there was 11 other episodes credited to him, whether writing or teleplay by, but he was a story editor. Like we've talked about uh, what was, um, uh, was it uh, um, uh, S rock, whatever, Obey Bannon. The gentleman, we, uh, whatever we've talked about him oh, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the capacity he was on for this. Um, I had had some notes about Straczynski um, that I have unfortunately had deleted uh, in my infinite wisdom a couple weeks ago. Um, so J. Michael Straczynski is like, he's one of those foundational writers for me. And it's really weird that I didn't know he actually was part of the Twilight Zone until actually just a couple months ago, right? Um, so... With that being said, uh, he had a background in TV. Um, he did like he actually did a lot of like what was it uh, He Man? Uh, he did like a lot of cartoon stuff. He actually did like the first season of the real Ghostbusters, and then went away from that when they're like, no, 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 the Ghostbusters have to have specific jobs, and Winston can just be the driver. And he's like, no, I'm good. I don't need to just make the the black guy be the driver, right? Like it's just weird how like even he was getting pressure from up like people up top being like, oh like developing their characters. No, 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 no. Just, just give them like singular roles. And he bounced from that too. Um, but yeah, he, I had a lot of TV work in this. He actually did some murder. She wrote as well. Um, I would recommend people if you are curious, cause then the, I have a much more research take. And I'm talking, speaking of the El Goro from the talk without rhythm podcast, he joined me on the other show that I do invasion, the podcast, um, episode three sixty eight, uh, called rising stars, volume one, uh, born in fire. Cause we did three episodes over the courses of three months covering because Straczynski also a prolific comic writer and rising stars is one of my favorite comic series of all time. And because of this, um, we, the first like half hour of our conversation, that episode is talking about the career of Straczynski to the point of where he was writing rising stars, which is well after this. So if people want to get into like to learn more about him, Please go listen to that first 30 minutes. And if you want to check out the rest, please. It was a wonderful series, like the three episodes that we did. Um, it's just that I, I knowing like how much output he has in the Twilight Zone, he's actually kind of up there in terms of like when you look at like the original series, like the output of people, right? Like he's not that far away 
from people like George Clayton Johnson or like Earl Hamner Jr. in terms of like actual number of episodes of the series that had been written by somebody. And I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. Right. So yeah. like, like, uh, granted it's a different iteration, but still he, he's heavily involved and like, I can't wait to see what else happens here. Good, bad, otherwise. Like this is like, he's one of my favorite, like I said, one of my favorite comic writers. And he also ended up uh, making the series Babylon five, which is, I know is very influential to people. I've not gotten to it. Cause I'm a clearly I like, I love this guy. I've not watched Babylon five, but you know what I mean? It's like also Terry, you, you may not be aware of this. His, his run on Thor uh, was actually kind of the basis for the Thor we know in the MCU, like for the first Thor film. Uh, so a lot of his writing actually influenced that script for that first movie. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I noticed that he was credited, uh, at least on IMDb, but I didn't know like the true background of what that credit was. Yeah, because so he, yeah, he ended up doing a fantastic run on The Amazing Spider-Man that was uh, really, really, really cool that actually ended up um, kind of teasing. It, it, didn't, it didn't just tease. It actually got into the multiverse stuff a lot more with uh, Spider-Man. Um, and even though the, the back half of that run got kind of mired in something called one more day, and if people know what it is, look it up. People believe that pretty much killed any momentum Marvel had for a while. But the first like year or two, he was writing the, his run on amazing Spider-Man was just fantastic. And he did Thor. Uh, he did a run on fantastic four. And he's actually, I think he's writing captain America right now. Like I just, I love him. And I, I he's one of those guys. It's like, you know how like we celebrate like uh, th- like when this show and then like you know invasion of the podcast together. I'm not trying to like everybody go listen to the other thing where you know I drink and say stupid things. We try to celebrate the things we love, and he's one of these creators that I need to know more about him. But everything I've encountered of his, I have loved. Right. So and then to find out that he there's this vent like this overlap of like Twilight Zone Straczynski, like how how did I not know this? Right. So very exciting to me. Yeah, the only other credit I'll bring up uh, because I think it's a it's a badass movie. Is he he did the screenplay for Ninja Assassin? So yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. Just, but yeah, um, I'm I'm very I'm very interested also to look a little bit uh, further into this gentleman's career because I did listen to that discussion discussion that you had with El Goro, and it, it seems like I mean he's like a hell of a writer. So that's I mean yeah yeah it just it, it, but, Rising Stars was my Watchmen. Uh, before I read Watchmen, which I understand Watchmen's like, you know, groundbreaking in a lot of ways and rightfully so. It's just, it's weird because like, this is the one that brought me to like, oh man, comics can just be more than dudes punching each other type of thing, you know? And yeah. I, and, and he also wrote another series called Midnight Nation that's really, really good. Like, yeah, I will, I will always gush about Straczynski. And if people, if people have any interest, go, go check him out. That's like, I've, I've, I know I've went on a little much right here, but we're going to be talking about him often, at least in season three. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we'll go into more things that you can kind of like uh, gush about because we got an interesting cast here. Um, our cast is led off by Tom Skerritt. Uh, I think yeah, well, he's credited as Alex uh, Mattingly. Matt, Mattingly, you know, like, um, yeah, you know, like, like the, the Yankee. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he was in Top Gun. He was also in one of uh, like the best sci-fi horror films of all time, Alien. So there's a fun connection to everything that we always talk about, and something that we've covered in the past on this podcast. 
um, the devil's reign. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. But yeah, like he was an alien before this up in smoke, uh, Harold and Maud, which, um, if, if I may have a brief aside, uh, because you know, welcome to the show, everybody. When I was working at a certain, um, blue and yellow video, uh, chain that's no longer around, um, we would have to have these big bays of films, like whenever, like the like the, like the big movies are coming out, we'd have like like you know two hundred copies available, right? But we'd do tie-in movies, right? Like we had to like do like you know um, picks, like employee picks, and what like so we were setting up this bay for Twilight, and like my manager who I did not get along with at all was like, well, she's like, well, go pick some some films to tie in, and I grabbed Harold and Maude and put it up there with Twilight. And she looked at me and she's like, why? I was like, oh, well, it's like an old woman with a young guy. And I know Twilight's the opposite of that, but it's, you know, it's a generational love story. And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, yeah, she's like, that's funny. But it's like, I don't think it clicked for her, but I love the idea. The best part about it though, Terry, was that, have you seen Harold and Mod or do you know what it's about? I have no idea. Actually, it's like um, it's it's a really it's like this love story between um, like like I think it's Bud Court. I forget the 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 lady's name, but they're like there's like a forty five year to fifty year difference in age for these two, and they end up falling in love. It's a really weird like dark comedy, right? Um, but the best part about it was watching all the people coming excited for Twilight and looking at the recommendations, and nobody picking up Harold and Maude. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, but it's, you know, come on, really? Like, you know, um, what's, what's his name? You know, Batman is way older than, you know, uh, the, the other girl, like way older. And somehow Harold and Maude, you're going to turn your nose up at whatever. Anyway, but yeah, Tom Skerritt, uh, you know, just always, he's always that guy. Like it just, I've never heard a bad thing about him. Like, and he's been in such, in such cool movies. Like if I ever got to meet the man, I would love to shake his hand and say, thank you for all the cool stuff he's done. Which he still is doing conventions. Oh, yes. He's doing alien reunions, so that's I'm I'm glad that he's still like, you know, doing well enough that he's, you know, flying around to different states for cons. So So did you know because he's part of that TV show Picket Fences, which I mean I know you know that, right? Um that was on CBS. It was like, you know, small town procedural. He was a sheriff in that. Um yeah. there, there was an X Files episode called Home. Do you know what I'm talking about? That one with um where they uh, it was the one that got banned from T V for years. Uh, oh no! That apparently yeah, I have not because seen that. Uh, you know um, was a Scol- Scully and Mulder actually encountered this family that had like severe inbreeding, like it was just horrific, right? And like they end up um, like basically what happens is they figure out what's going on and they try to like because you know as the X Files like things don't add up or whatever, right? And then something happens where like there's like this like a Cadillac, like I'm talking like you know fifty something Cadillac that has some of the family leave. And you don't know what's happening to them. CBS told Fox that they would like to do like maybe a crossover of the X Files and Picket Fences because they thought it'd be fun. So, so then like Chris Carter, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have, we have this thing called Home, um, and then the car's gonna leave and it will will go to Picket Fences. And then CBS saw this episode, they're like, there's no way in hell we're doing a crossover with this episode. <laughs> Well, that's fun. I'm gonna have to look that up now. <laughs> but the, so also the best part about that episode is that whenever it was like they finally were because it was like during Halloween when I was in college where they're like we're gonna we're gonna show the band episode, and I went to school in Pennsylvania and I mean I'm from West Virginia and so everybody's first assumption is that like everybody is just inbreeding jokes great fine great make your jokes cool um, 
yeah, pick another, you know what? Like I, it's not that I've never heard them before. Right. But anyway, so when I was in school in Pennsylvania, one of my other roommates was also from West Virginia. So, but the moment they were going to play this episode and it was dealing with inbreeding, all our other roommates were giving us shit. You know how the X-Files would always give like, um, like the little Chiron of like where things were happening and like the, the country. Yeah. Uh, it said home. Pennsylvania. And it was one of those moments of just like, he wanted to like flip the table over and be like, Oh, look at you guys. Yep. Look at you. Look at, look at, look at you. Oh, you're making fun of us. This fictional TV show says inbreeding happens in your state. You know, also you can't say the word water, right? So let's just talk about that for a second. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, I went off on a couple of different tangents there, but it was like, one of the, it was just one of those moments of like, it just felt like it was like, I don't believe in karma, but it was beautiful. Like it was like that chef's kiss moment of like, Oh yeah, you're giving me shit. What's that? What, what's the Chiron say? Not West Virginia deuces. Anyway. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, here uh, we get into the next cast member here is uh, Fred Savage. I think a lot of people would, uh, well, uh, first, first and foremost, again, this is Alex's son. He, uh, Jeff uh, is the character he plays, but he was, uh, he was in wonder years for a, of decent amount of episodes. So a lot of people would know him from that or the Prince's bride mm-hmm. or even something that you covered on your other podcast, the wizard. Yes. I, I thought you were going to mention little monsters. I thought that might I, be something. I, that is a movie that is not aged. Well, I, I'm sure it hasn't, forward. but I thought you would appreciate like that. If that was one of those eighties, like kids, like, you know, like tinged, right. Tinted, like tilted with him and Howie Mandel, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it, you know, like as a kid and I was like, Oh, that's a great movie. And then rewatched it with my wife. And I'm like, this movie is not good. And, <laughs> and yeah. there's some creepy shit going on in the end yeah. part of that movie. The only thing I like about it is the idea that if you're a monster and a light gets shine on you, you just become clothes. I think that's funny. It explains a lot of like when parents come into bedrooms, I thought that was a funny thing, but so yeah, uh, he, we mentioned the wonder years, uh, as Kevin Arnold, he received two Gold Globe nominations and two Emmy nominations for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. At the age of 13, he was the youngest actor to ever receive those honors. So the next year from this, we mentioned The Princess Bride, which is like a big breakout thing, right? And then he would go on to direct a lot of TV shows, producing as well. He produced uh, some It's Always Sunny. Uh, in 2007, he made his feature film directing uh, his feature film debut directing Daddy Day Camp, which was nominated for Worst Director at the Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but the other thing with him, though, is like he there's been like tr- like this like trouble that has followed him for like there's been like there was allegations of him being um, like awful in the set of the Wonder Years that actually resulted in a lawsuit that did get dismissed. But then there's been two other times where. Um, his, his, um, action, like, be, like being very aggressive. It just, there, there's this thing where it's like, if it ha- like, you know, one time, okay, maybe misunderstanding, but there's been a couple of times of like you know, misconduct behind the scenes. And he was actually directing episodes of the most recent wonder years reboot. Right. And then there was allegations there and then they shut, they, they shut that show down and actually like didn't renew it. So, hmm. um, you always hope for the best. Cause he's one of those you know guys that was a kid actor, right? And you never know if they're ever going to turn out like as okay people because they're under so much pressure as a kid, right? Um, and it's like for a while there, you're like, okay, maybe he actually made it. Maybe he made it work. We, I don't know. But this guy just wanted to mention that, like, you know, it'd be 
I don't think it'd be fair to be like, yeah, yeah, we love the Wonder Years, but it's like, you know, he's also been kind of a dick sometimes. So, like, he just sometimes, sometimes Terry, he just looks at the like the smallest girl around him and just shoves her down for no reason. <laughs> Absolutely no reason. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was getting in his uh, his shot too yeah. much. So yeah. Maybe maybe that's that's actually what happened. There was a conflict, and they just like they thought it was supposed to be a part of the. Show. I just no, I just want to believe that no matter what's happened later on, someone's like you're a goober. He's like, do not call me that. Like you know, just like, <laughs> did you just call Fred Savage a goober? Oh no, here comes the whoop ass. Yeah, it's like uh, Marty McFly would being called chicken. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So next here we'll to, uh, talk about Lucas Haas. Uh, he plays Mike in this. Um, he will also come back around when we discuss the 2000s version of Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. He was in an episode of one of those, so we'll get to that then. Um, he was also in Mars Attacks. A lot of fun there. He, but the things that I recognize him from the most is when he was a child actor. He was in Witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing Harrison Ford film. And he was in Lady in White. And I that that seems to work very well because of this story. And I was like, Huh. This that's has a, that's like a movie I think feel. I've seen, but I can't recall a thing about it. I've heard nothing but good things, but you know what I mean? I think I saw it as a kid. But yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that too, and then why I feel like there's some kind of parallels mm-hmm. there. But um but yeah, next is uh Well wait, so unless you other, had something Yeah, else. I do have a couple other things. He was Inception, the Revenant. He's still working, right? Uh he was in the pilot uh story, uh an amazing stories, Ghost Train. Uh, the very first episode of that series, uh, which we had covered on a previous episode years ago here on the show. Ghost Train's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, he was in that episode. He was in, so this was 86, but also the film, like, he was in Solar Babies, which, um, you know, I think you know, everybody, everybody see that movie once and then never watch it again. Uh, but, yeah, he was in Solar Babies. Uh so I just wanted to mention that because, you know, because uh, uh, a friend of the show, Nathaniel of At the Devil's Ball, we I, I was on there a couple months ago to talk about Mad Max Free Road. And I made a, a joke about Solar Babies. And he's like, I've never seen that. And he ended up watching it. And it's just one of those things I feel like I cursed him by accident by having him watch Solar Babies just because I made a joke about it. But, you know, you do what you do. And then he made it. Uh, he made sure that he showed it to somebody in eight days or whatever. Yeah, because if not, <laughs> if not, Pierre, the ghost of Pierre Eloise will show up and uh, you know kill you anyway. And so, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next here we have Joy uh, Clausen. She plays Allison uh, Conrad. She was in Chaplin. She, uh, but she was also like done a lot of TV work. Mm-hmm. So shows like Wings and Chips. Uh, I'm not sure if you had anything else there. I mean, I know wings is about like planes, but like, man, wings and chips sounds really good right now. I don't know about you. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah. Anyway, I I just, I just wrote a lot of TV work. Continue, please. Right. And then next, uh, Michael Enos, uh, he plays Ross, uh, Allison's husband in this. Uh, he was in some episodes of shows like cheers and growing pains. Not a whole lot of, Mm -hmm. uh, outside of that. Um, and then we have somebody who is kind of recognizable for a lot of crap. And I, <laughs> I use that. I use, <laughs> I use, I use that term okay. properly because, okay. Uh, Mark Paul Gossler. Yeah. Uh, he plays Tim, uh, one of the sons of the Conrads in this. He was Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell. I have such an animosity to that, that stupid show. Right. I grew up with I grew up with some aunts that were kind of close to my age, and that was like a show that 
had to be on, and I absolutely despise it. Fair enough. Um, I can't say that I. But did. he was also a dead man's camp, dead man on campus, and NYPD Blue, which I do have to get back to. Yeah. So like, I, when I looked him up, I'm like, I'm like, of course, I know Mark Paul Gosler, right? Like, just because you know, how do you not? Like from our generation, right? But when I looked it up on IMDb, it said known for you know how like they'll show like four things like for these yeah. people. It said Franklin and Bash, which I know was like you know it was a TBS show. Fine. NYPD Blue, which you just mentioned, which was 87 episodes, a film called The Passage, or it was a TV series. And then there was a series on Fox for one season called Pitch that was about, like, it was a drama about, like, the first um, female pitcher in uh, Major League Baseball. I remember that. But it's like, really? Like, known for? Mark Paul? That's that's what he's known for. That's what it mean. NYPD Blue, I can get, I can give you that, right? Like, 87 episodes, I get it, right? That you had your later, like, like you, you have your grown-up part of your career. And then I wrote all of my all in caps. Yeah, that's what he's known for. So let me let me run through this real quick. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Thirteen episodes, which became the basis for Saved by the Bell. Eighty six episodes originally. Um, then there was the made for TV movie Saved by the Bell Hawaiian style, and then Saved by the Bell the College Years. Nineteen episodes. Then the movie Saved by the Bell the Wedding. Oh, sorry, Wedding in Vegas. And then he was in one episode of Saved by the Bell, the new class. And then there was the 2020 reboot that um, that everybody actually liked a great deal. And then it just got canceled. He was in seven episodes of that version of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Franklin and Bash. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know IMDb. Yeah. I, that, that is I, that is kind of silly because, I mean, I think that's the thing that most people would know him from is Saved by the Bell. So. But yeah, Zach Morris. There we go. We got him. Dude, there is yeah. a series. Uh, I don't. I forget which which one of those like outlets on YouTube. But if you look it up, somebody did a series called Zach Morris's Trash. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube, <laughs> where he goes through and runs through each episode and explains how like Zach Morris is like the biggest dick and all of all time. And he breaks down like he. It's it's like they're like like maybe five ten minute like like breakdowns of episodes. But it's like yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, next, um, we only have a few more cast mm-hmm. members, but we'll get through them quickly. Uh, Johnny Green, Larry, he plays Larry um, Conrad, another another one of the, the, the younger actors. Mm-hmm. In this. He was in a small role in Back to the Future, and he was also in uh, Say Anything. I like that he was known as Scooter Kid, but also two episodes of The Wonder Years. And I don't know if Fred Savage like just, just you know intimidated him there, but we'll, we, we don't know that. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jennifer Green, she plays uh, the daughter of the Conrads in the Cindy um, show. She was in not a very long career, but she was in shows like A-Team and Alien Nation. And then uh, David Selbert, he plays the doctor. This is his only, only credit. credit. And it's like, it, like when we talk about the episode where it's like he gets like his two lines. I'm like, you know, David Selbert, thank you for your service. Exit stage right. <laughs> Whatever it was. Like, it's just like, it's just like, hey, you'll be careful not to do that again, right? Apparently, and, he wasn't a very convincing doctor. So. No, not at all. Like, you know, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that's cast and crew for uh, What Are Friends For? Um, let's, uh, we have we have an Amen intro. Just tuck in. Old friends have a way of being there when you need them. And sometimes when you don't. As Alex Mattingly and his son Jeff are about to learn, courtesy of a very special friend from the Twilight Zone. It's just, uh, I, I'm over him. <laughs> the 
very, very special friend. Yeah. I will say that some of the dialogue in this is kind of creepy. So no, no, no. We're like, <laughs> I have no problem with the script. I'm just saying Charles Aben himself. I'm just like, I just you know, I wish him well. But like, you know, I mean, I know it's been like years after this. But I'm just like, I just hear, like, I just hear nonsense anymore. Anyway, so yes. Uh, what are friends for? So uh, take it away, Terry. Where we're we at here. Okay, so we get Alex and his son. Um, they are going back to an old childhood house that uh, Alex used to live in um, with his grandfather, and we, or at least used to visit it. And now Alex and his wife are defunct, so it's like they have they play the ping pong game of you know sending Jeff to one house to the other house. Here's weekend, you get Jeff now, and now it's summertime, and uh, Alex is taking on a new job. That's kind of close to this cabin that they're living in which i will note too that the cabin that they use in this or the house is the same house from uh friday the 13th the final chapter mm-hmm. so um but yeah it's like <laughs> it, it's so, it's treated uh child know, course, actors very well is what you're saying <laughs> yeah right yeah no problem <laughs> there um it gets weird uh, when but, fred savage sh- shaves his head later in this episode unexplainably yeah, i guess <laughs> Die! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jeff is kind of being, I don't know, a little difficult here. Obviously, his uh, his parents being divorced is not really the most savory of situations for a young kid. Yeah. But um, Did you see he's, now Did... he's also being taken out of the element that is like, you know, his surroundings and that. And Did you see him playing and... the handheld game? Like, you know, it was foretold that he would like, you know, he knew about video games, his, his younger brother and the wizard to be the one, right. I'm but go- I'm going to California, California. Oh. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's like, it, it's, it's this whole thing where like he, it's pointed out where he's like, I don't like it here. It's boring. I want to go back home. And then like, um, what was it? Um, Alex is like, you can't do this where like, you know, you come to hang out with me and you don't want it. You don't like, you don't want to be here. And then I, you know, take you back to your mother's and you don't want to be there either. It's like, you got to give this a chance. And that's like, you know, that's a very human thing. Like I get that. Right. Like he is, he is from a split household now. No one knows how to navigate this. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's super difficult. I know people that are in these kinds of circumstances now that I'm, I'm 40 years old. I know people that are dealing with this kind of stuff. So I can only imagine what kind of discussions they have with their kids. But yeah, Jeff is, I mean, I, I see his plight and I think he's more or less uh, acting out because he's so disappointed in his parents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course he continues on to say that he, he doesn't have any friends there. All there are trees all around him and that. And I, I'm not going to lie, growing up in the subs like I did, I would be a kind of, you know... Diff- I would be a little difficult as well because everything I know is not there. So, yeah. you know, it's not like they're living in this like complete sticks, but I mean, there's no, there's no arcade right down the street. So it's, it's not that far away in terms of like, um, where I grew up, like in terms of like, not, I, I, it's like, I mean, yeah, I lived right by a state park, but it wasn't like I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I like, I had a front yard and shit. Right. But, you know, but like, I get it. Like, I think I, I, I don't know if I told you, I was, I was much, I was much more an indoor kid than my brothers. <laughs> and, and so whenever uh, we would, act, we would uh, misbehave, my mom would um, like, she called it restriction, right? Whatever. So my brothers, they couldn't go outside. 
Cause like, you know, she's like, you know, no one week restriction or whatever. Right. And then she tried to do that to me and I was good. Cause I had to stay indoors anyway. So she was like, you need to go outside. And that was punishment for me. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Is, no, like there's not a Nintendo out here. This is hell. You know? So yes, I can relate to that. You know? <laughs> my batteries aren't going to last for too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my, my Walkman and you know, uh, like it's going to eventually slow down to where the music only plays at half speed. What am I going to do? You know? Anyway, so yes. Yeah, my, my, my tiger is not going to last <laughs> my very long. My tiger LED, yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah, what am I What am I supposed to do? What is it? What's, there's nothing out here. Yeah, so yeah, I can relate to that a little bit, right? So, so I mean, you know. you know, Alex obviously tries to convince Jeff that it's not going to be so bad, and all you have to do is have an open mind, and at the very least, create uh, you know some kind of journey for yourself. You know, imagine things. When I was your age, and I didn't have any friends around, I imagined things. I even imagined a friend, which is, you know, we're telling something here in a second, but, and we, and it kind of jumps scenes where we see that, um, that Jeff is sleeping in his new room at, that night. And he hears something, or at least is startled by something that wakes him up. And it is like one of the weirdest, creepiest scenes. It's it, like, all right. So we see a small boy, in a tree is yeah. it, is he in the tree see yeah, he is but so before we do that though whenever um whenever jeff sorry alex brings up is like use your imagination you know i even had an imaginary friend and then we get this like in like fog rolling in during the daytime and we see like whatever this is that shows up like this white image again not a fan of like they're like you know what these are cutting edge computer effects i'm like man you should have dialed that back a minute right so we see this thing appear but whatever it is right but then at two was it two twenty in the morning? That's when um, Jeff wakes up because he hears Ollie Ollie Oxen free or whatever, and he looks out the window and he sees a kid in a tree, and like the kid's smiling and waving at him, and he's like, "I'm gonna wave at him too." And I'm like, "I was like Fred Savage, like have you not seen Salem's Lot? Do not do this." <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Well, I, I think other the other thing that's kind of silly about it is there's like this ongoing exchange of them waving at each other, and like. Um, yeah, they just keep on waving. So I, mean, I, I think that's yeah. a long wave. To be fair, that's how you and I also met for the first time. Um, so uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> just waved. Had no, no I just, idea. Just, I just, you know, no, I, you know, just, I, I was outside your window at two in the morning and I'm just like friend and I waved and then you waved and then we started hanging out and we played cowboys. So I just, yeah. you know, that's what I, happened. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I've been creeped out about this, like even at this age, but this might scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like this. What is well, this kid doing in my tree? Fair enough. That will that will tie into when we get to the end of the episode and we talk about some. Uh, the, the, we we got some we got some feedback about this episode. Yeah, so, and yes. and I, I like it. I like your uh, your calling back to Salem's Lot because yeah, like that that scene especially. But the um, the movie that I referenced earlier, Lady in White. white yeah. I was getting some of those vibes already. So Lady in White is a ghost story mm-hmm. film, and I uh, I was seeing parallels here that I'm just like. What is going on? And when I once I realized who the kid was, I was like, "That's the kid from the movie." <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, would you have preferred that or Heidi Mandel outside on the tree waving at Fred Savage? Like, what, oh what, god, I just can't do it again. I okay, just can't. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so then, like, so then, like, was the next day? I, I just, I love that we get, um, but Alex is like just doing single dad things in this cabin repeatedly. Like, he's like, "I'm making sandwiches." Like, I don't know what it is about that. It's like it just feels like like. 
I understand that he has to make lunch for himself and his son, but it just feels like the very much like single dad thing of like, I don't know what do kids eat sandwiches, you know, whatever. Right. So he's making sandwiches and then, um, he, uh, looks outside and sees this kid and it's like, Oh, that's weird. He looks back. The kid's gone. Right. Like it's, it's, you know, um, it's Mike who we're, but we'll find his name in a second. And that's whenever, um, Jeff comes, like comes running in, and like he's been, I've been playing in the woods with Mike all day, and blah 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 blah. And he's like, who is he? And he's like, you know, he's like, he's cool. And it's like, well, what's his last name? I don't know. Which is the most kid thing to say, right? Like, I didn't ask that. That's not important. We're out in the woods playing, right? Like, like I respect that. So yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not too far fetched to not yeah. know the name. I mean, our, there are some friends I have now, and I still don't know what the hell their last names are. So well, I mean, you know, one day, can... one day you'll ask me. I appreciate it. So. uh yeah. So then I just, I like that, um, that, uh, was it? Um, Jeff goes back out and is like playing with, with Mike and like, they're talking about like, I'm bored of this. I'm bored of tag. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Terry last name. I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, I looked down for a second the first time I watched this. So whatever, um, Mike was like, let's, let's play Cowboys. And I looked down and then like from, like, I looked at my phone for a second, I looked up. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, like the image that you see, I'm just like, oh man, this got weird in a hurry. And I was like, man, I need to stop looking at my phone for a second. Cause we see, we see Mike with two horses and he's dressed up as a cowboy. He looks like Mike TV from, uh, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory. Right. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. 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 And he's like, and then, and then, um, and then Jeff's like, you know, hell yeah, sure. Let's do it. Right. Cause I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. But you know, like Mike might be Pennywise. We have no idea at this point, right? <laughs> just and, uh, yeah. and those two horses were probably the most expensive set piece for this entire series. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that, that's that's they're fair. Real horses, they're real horses. So. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it have been amazing if they were fake horses? And you could tell they're super fake. That'd have been even better. But no, um, yeah. So we get that for a second. You're like, oh man, like this is okay. Well, shit's weird, right? So then, um. And then we get to uh, Alex bringing uh, Jeff to a coworker's cook- cookout. Like it's one of, since he works for a university, I think it's one of his bosses, right? Or whatever, like a colleague. Let's go to a cookout. And the the um, chemistry between Tom Skerritt and Fred Savage is actually really good here. Because we get, we get scared, like doing this like headlock the entire time out to the car and giving him noogies. Something about this felt very like Stephen King related, like, you know, like that kind of like, oh, okay, they care about each other. You're giving me something. There's more warmth here. You could have been easy to make grownups just be grownups and not feel connected to the kid. But I like that sequence a great deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good call because it does feel very genuine. Uh, Alex does seem like he's a caring father and really wants to do best by his son and yeah. wants to actually share a relationship with him. He's not like this burden that ha- happens to be with Alex. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So he's going over to hang out with the, his colleague. I think he was. A, he said he's his colleague is a professor. Yeah, and like you know, he's close by. It's like hey, may as well like take take my son over and possibly make friends. You know, because they have younger kids. It's like hey, that's perfect. This is a this is a win win. Yeah, and uh, he kind of explains that to Jeff too. He's just like, hey, you know, this dude is a coworker. Like, let's get let's give it the you know a try here at least. Yeah, so and I like, you were just complaining about having new friends. <laughs> yes, right. I like that some of the cookout, like the grownups are talking. I just got to ask you, Terry, um, what we're about to talk. Whatever we're watching, is that how dodgeball's played? 
No, I don't. I, don't know <laughs> I was I, I was actually pretty confused at this point. I was like, dude, are they just making up a game, which isn't far fetched from children? Either, oh yeah, for right? sure, right? Yeah. But yeah, I was, was like, what, it, the, it, wait, what it, are they doing? Who's winning? But was the, the the little girl like comes over? And like, oh, there's a fight. There's a fight, right? And then um, you know, uh, they they go over and was it um. Like uh, Jeff was fighting the two boys, and I wrote he was not saved by the bell. I don't know what that means, but I put my notes because uh, so like you know he was like like basically he was the one looks like he instigated right, and then like um, Alex is like you know like what did you do? He's like I told these these kids are lamos or whatever he says right. It's like you could tell that like you know Jeff's a little he's a little shit right, and it's like you get the vibe he started it. Right. Like as much as like the other, you know, kids are kids, you know, like this, it's like kids can be mean for no reason whatsoever, but you get the vibe. He's the one started, but then he ends up, uh, uh, going out to play with, um, like he wants to go play with Mike again. Right. And that's when Mike, I mean, he was kind of forced into this situation too. And there is, I I guess like in a sense, a kind of a pack mentality, like the, the three kids, they're, they're, you know, siblings. So it's like now, Here's a strange kid that they don't have any idea who yeah. he is. And they're like, now what's these new rules that you came up with, Jeff? <laughs> That's fair, right? But I think he also was doing it to force a conflict so he can go back home to play with uh, play with Mike. I think that's what's oh, going that makes, on. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense because he was being kind of difficult, yeah. difficult about wanting to be there in the first place. So then, so then, yeah, that he and Mike are playing and then he's like, well, how do you do all this stuff? How do you summon the race cars and the horses, you know, like the race cars. Okay, great. You're a kid. You're the little tiny race cars. Right. It, when I say this, this isn't like there's actually two NASCARs that show up, right? This isn't, you know, <laughs> this, this isn't, um, what was it? Um, you know, the, it isn't the kid from Twilight Zone, the movie, just summoning things, right? It's just like, you know, um, but he's like, although it seems close enough, kind of, kind of enough, you know, it's fair enough. Right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but he's like, well, he's like, are you having fun? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, th- is there a problem? He's like, well, no, but that's what that, the thing I played at the beginning is like, you can't tell people we're playing. Cause if we do, this goes away. Right. So, okay. Right. Um, so then, you know, like Jeff is like kind of like indifferent. And then Mike's like, Hey, let me show you this cool thing. He's like, cool. They take some to, I don't know. Is this where like hobbits live? I don't know what was going on. It was a mud fort. For I don't know what, I don't know, just what brownies from Willow. I don't know what was going on in this hut. It was weird. I I yeah, I was really confused by that too, and it just I mean it, it the safe the safety of this structure didn't seem to be there at all. Like I mean, where's the permits? Damn it, that's what. Yeah, I th- know. there's a lot of OSHA violations here. We get it, right? So it's fine. Like you know, it's not it's not good. Uh, it's not built to code, right? But then. But then, you know, Mike's like, come in here. It's pretty cool. And then, then like Jeff's like, yeah, I'm scared. And he gets in. He's like, it is kind of cool, but you see like bones and like, like whatever. Hang, it's what it was like. It's like these weird wind chime looking things that belong to like the Texas chainsaw massacre. Right. Or I don't know what was going on in there. And then with the minutes, the whole structure starts to collapse and Mike just kind of turns transparent and disappears, you know, and just leaves. Mike's not a good friend. No, and it just it makes me worried about what his, uh, you know, his uh, plans are here yeah. for for Jeff. Like, what what ultimately is this kid about? And yeah. the fact that he can leave at will too, like, makes me even more frightened because it's like Jeff's life is re- truly in danger. And so, yeah, like 
the the structure, whatever the hell it is, falls down on Jeff, and he is trapped there. And fortunately, uh, Alex is not all that far away. Yeah, but I got to mention real quick, he does he does like the single dad thing of closing the oven with his foot. Did you notice that while he's making dinner? He he's got it all figured out. Right. I but, think I was closing mine at the same time because I, I was making dinner when I when I was watching this. So I mean, I was playing Cowboys while I was watching this. But anyway, yes, continue. Um, so, so yeah, but he was like, oh shit, like he's not home, and he finds him, which is good, and he saves his son, which is you know good, right? And that's when we get like our our very important moment of uh, 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 what was it? Um, the what was it? The doctor, his only credit, David Selbert, your time to shine is like maybe don't be in mud forts. And then, then Tom Segura's like, thanks, Doc. And the guy's like, thanks. And do you think that actor, as he walked off camera, was like, this is the start of a career? He's like, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> uh, he's in one more Twilight Zone episode than me, so I can't say much. Anyway, so um, I, I, I was also half expecting, since uh, we had Fred Savage in a bed, I wanted Tom Scare to be like, well, I have, this, I have this storybook. Can I just read to you? Like, I was like, because it's like, it's, it's almost... You expect Columbo to show up, right? Not Columbo. Um, was it Columbo? Yeah, I think it's Columbo. <laughs> yeah, right? it is, it is uh, the guy who played Columbo. Yeah, to show up and start being like, hey, kid, let me read you this book while you're like infirmed because mud fell on you or whatever, right? And so, um, yeah. So then, um, <laughs> so that, that's when we have him being like, you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't hang out with, uh, shouldn't hang out with Mike. Fair enough. I think so, right? Um, yeah, I think he has a good point there because, I mean, even when Jeff told uh, Mike, like, I don't know about this, dude. Like, this doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. I, I, there is, like, almost a persuasion that he's, like, uh, that I thought maybe that there's something more. Like, Mike has, like, almost like a power like, like other a, than being able to disappear like Batman. <laughs> um, more malevolent, right? Like, you got the vibe yeah. that, like, he's much more, like, it, it's, like, this evil intended, which... You know, credit to the episode when we get there. It's like, that's not quite what's going on. Like, so I uh, credit to Straczynski for finding like this uh, interesting take on this. Right. So, so yeah, but, but there's this bit too, whenever, uh, when Mike tells, uh, Alex is like, you get tired of me. She gets tired of me. None of you like me enough to keep me. Right. And it's like, that's a very like, like big statement. Yeah. Right? Pretty like, powerful to hear from a, a child as young as Jeff is in this. Yes. And like, it's just as much as like the effects are goofy in this, this episode, um, there's like an emotional truth that just, it just cuts through it. And I thought this was a really interesting scene. Yeah. And it, I, I, I do think that the actors, uh, they sell it. So like yeah. Tom Scarrett, like genuinely feels like he he's cares like, I about. like you, you know, like, you know, but, um, yeah. So like when he, cause at first that that's kind of the reverse of when, um, Alex is like, you can't do this when you get tired of one of like one of us and go to the other. But then when, you know, when Jeff flips it on, like, you know, you like, you know, you get tired of me. She gets tired of me. None of you like me enough to keep me like we're hearing it from his perspective. Right. And that, that should be the bigger one to be you know taken into account, which we would credit to, you know, um, Alex, he does take into account. Right. Like, yeah. so, um, it, it doesn't fall on deaf ears, but then, <laughs> Yeah, and, and but then like the the whole thing about Mike now it's like can he trust Mike because I mean he just disappeared on him so Jeff is in a very uh, a disappointing situation here because now the new friend that he wanted to spend all this time with kind of put him in a dangerous situation <laughs> no, absolutely put him in a dangerous situation you know, like, like he'd be like hey 
hey, hey, um, <laughs> hey, Jeff, you want to go? I have a gun. Let's go. Well, I'll show it to you. You know, <laughs> like whatever, oh, right? Like, yeah. So, so then uh, we have a bit where it was Alex uh, is on the phone talking to his ex-wife, and you can tell it's a little rough. But he looks out the window and sees the kid, and so he goes chasing the kid Mike into the woods, um, and that's like you know that's when we take that wonderful turn. Which I hate to say that when I was looking up originally the, this episode on Wikipedia, it gave away what the story was. And I wish I didn't know it because I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have saw this coming, right? Um, where we have Mike now like turn around, like acknowledge Alex directly. And then his, his clothes change from a Portland Trailblazers t shirt and a backwards baseball cap to like a tiny little leather jacket with like fringes, like from the 60s. Right. And he um, takes the form of we mentioned Alex mentioned earlier that he had an imaginary friend and he's like, shit, you you can't be you. Right. And then that's when Mike's like, no, no, no. I have your rainbow rider. You know, I have your yo yo. And he gives it to him. And then like Alex's brain just just implodes for like a hot minute. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch because it gives some legitimacy to the conversation that they're going to have here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it, it, it come, we come to find out that uh, when uh, Alex was younger, Mike was actually his imaginary friend that he made up. And that when he, he got rid of this yo-yo, he had thrown it into the woods, and now like Mike has it. So it's like, all right, hey, you want to know who I really am? Here it is. Here's the evidence. And you put your name into it. You carved yeah. your name into this thing. Yeah, because he's like, well, he's like, he's like, you told me you gave it to me to like to to keep while you were gone. He's like, no, no, I threw that out in the woods out of anger. Two things can be true as a kid, right? Right. So, um, but yeah, then um, so then he's like trying to figure out what's going on, but then like uh, Mike's like, I've been waiting a long time for somebody to play with, and it's like, I was just I was I was waiting for Mike to be like, they all float down here, <laughs> yes. Alex. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't you want your yo-yo back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've seen too many horror films for this to play out, and you know, like in in the right way. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, but yeah, I mean, it's like Alex, like the the uh, the, the Tom Skerritt and his conviction to this character. Uh, he, you could actually see that he's like, oh my god, like this is like the real made-up friend that I had when I was a kid. And it, it like he does show true emotion here, and it's like I just lo- I love how he's able to portray um, this Alex character mm-hmm. and like finding out these things and knowing that now his son son has some kind of connection with his made up friend. Yeah, and then but also like with Alex being like sorry not Alex uh, Mike was like well, let's play some games like how about tag and then we get him like popping all around right like Nightcrawler like um but then. But then he's like, oh, you don't like this? He's like, well, I know what you like. And this is when it takes another turn this episode that I did not see coming. That Mike then summons a convertible with like a sexy lady sitting on it. Like, it's like, if it was like just two two turns to the left, it would have been Tawny Katane in a White Snake video, right? That's what we're talking about here. Like, it would have been like, I know what you want to do. It's like, it's just like, Mike, calm down. You know, like it was, it was weird. Funny, but yeah. weird. Yeah, that got pretty strange, and I mean, I don't know if that scene was necessarily like a hit 
you know, like, I don't know if they like got that one right there, but well, I, mean, I mean, but like, no but, matter so, what, but since like, like, you know, like we got like, what was it? Mike, no, I'm sorry. Alex is, um, uh, he, he is now older, right. And he's divorced and Mike can still like pick into his, like read into what he wants. Right. Or thinks or what he thinks he wants, right. His desires. So, cause we realized that like, um, that Mike is something different. But it was still yeah. a really weird. I, I it's like it was a weird funny. hive mind that's kind of going on here in a yeah. sense. Yeah, it was just yeah. I, well, because it's like he, he's able to like, like kind of read what people want to do, right? Like, because I mean, whatever he is. But I thought it was funny. It's like, hey, look about like you, you want to play a game? What's this game over here? Midlife crisis. You know, whatever was going on. <laughs> 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 but but also. With Alex being like, no, we're good. Thank you. You know, and then uh, that's, but then we find out that's whenever it was a Mike's like, that's why I came back um, with Jeff to play with him just like I did with you. Cause he feels that same kind of connection. Right. Cause, cause uh, Alex kind of um, because of his own previous experience in this area near whatever this is and his imagination triggered it years and years ago, him speaking it to his son kind of, it was dormant and it woke it back up. Right. And, um, that's the vibe I get, but now and that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I also felt the same way because yeah. it seems like the moment that, uh, he told his son, that's when we see the other image of that, that thing appearing in the, in the woods. Yeah. But then that's when Alex tells Mike, he's like, he can't play with Jeff anymore because Jeff needs to play with real kids. Um, and then, and then, um, what was it? Um, that's when Mike, this is another thing that's like, like, you know, just if you if you don't think about it, it skips right past you. But there's a line of like, well, like he's like, if I don't have anybody to play with, I'll go back to where there's nothing to do. Like that's such a big statement, and you can tell that like Mike, regardless of of us not understanding what it is, that it's actually driven by like, I existed, we had fun, you left me, and I had interaction, and now I'm having it again, and you're telling me I can't do that. I'm going back to what nothing. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's interesting in the the idea that there's like this uh, void mm -hmm. that Mike's character is kind of trapped in because who else knows who Mike is? Who made him up out of you know thin air mm -hmm. in the woods? But you know, it's something different. Like you said, like it's you know we're getting closer and closer to this truth. Yeah. So then um, he, he so Alex uh, asked Mike to let to let Jeff go, and then we're back to the family that you know. Like the only family in the area, so the three kids with with Jeff, they're playing um, something, uh, whatever it is, and they're like he and um, what was it? Oh, they're playing tag, if I recall. And then uh, Jeff is annoyed, and he wants to play cowboys. And I just think it's funny he says that. And then um, the other two kids are like, "That's the dumbest thing we've ever heard in our life." And they start all calling him a goober. So instead of the two boys that are his age calling him a goober, the the little girl uh, that you know, it's just there. He's like, you know what? F you. He just knocks her down. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't fare too well the last time that he got into a scuffle with them. So <laughs> it's like, you know, one of the three of you, I think I could take my chances with the little girl, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, so that he, he knocks her down and then runs away. Cause we also have uh, Mike showing up in the distance and, and uh, Jeff sees him. Right. And then he knocks the girl down, chases after Mike, uh, Alex sees what's going on. Like he does the thing. It's just the, this thing we could tell the parents are like, we don't want them hanging out with this kid ever again. Right. But that, that soon changes. Cause you know, TV, 
Uh, but uh, so we get um, we get uh, Alex chasing um, Jeff chasing Mike out in the woods, and that's like whenever Mike actually does the whole thing of like I don't like you, I you know I was just kidding you, and just tries to like you know be as mean as he can as a kid to tell to tell Jeff that we're not friends anymore because sometimes like as much as we see it as the audience watching this, this is just what happens sometimes with kids where somebody just makes up their mind that they don't like somebody anymore. And the other party has no idea why I've experienced it. I don't know about you. It makes no yeah, sense. I have, I have experienced it as well, but yeah. it is definitely one of those things that's important for this shot too, mm-hmm. because uh, it's being done in front of Alex. He was actually able to kind of chase yes. down the both of them and, you know, witness this, which I mean, also kind of gives to to mind that like Mike is doing this purposely to say, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. letting go for yeah. you, Alex. Yeah. So then whenever, um, you know, uh, was a Jeff starts to run away. Alex like grabs him and hugs him and he, and like their, their message is like, yeah, I used to have a friend like this one. Like, you know, we get the point, right? Like, you know, sometimes people, sometimes people are jerks, but you know what? You can be better than this. You can go like, there's other people to interact with. There's friends back here. Go apologize. Right. It's a, it's a sweet moment. And then, you know, then, you know, uh, Jeff goes away to go apologize off screen for, you know, pushing a girl that I like, you know, I'm surprised his parents are like, we called the cops, but they didn't. Uh, but, uh, so then that's when, um, Mike shows his true self to Alex where he's just like, I don't know what, um, a Hallmark angel, like a Hallmark channel angel. I don't know what he is. Like he just, you know, like just whatever it's, it's light. It's just it, terrible effect. It's a goddamn terrible effect. I it, hate it's, it. Yeah, it's not great. And there is like something I've watched uh, not too long ago that kind of gives a little bit more balance to what I've seen here. But uh, if you have you ever seen uh, Lock and Key yet? Not yet. I need to. Okay. Yeah. And then there was obviously the graphic novel and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it's kind of like when something is spoken into the air, there's already like a spirit of some sort or like some kind of. I don't know, some manifestation of energy in that. And it, now that it's been spoken into existence, yeah, like, I, I get the idea. Like, cause it, cause the, the week's talking about, like I've always been since the beginning and, and like you hear uh, the kid's voice and this other deeper voice. Like I, I get it's supposed to be like this, like kind of unknowable energy, right? Like this yeah. unknowable thing. I, I think this would fit much better in like a Star Trek episode. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like, oh, we've encountered these creatures that just become playthings, but then they also just become like, you know, uh, just bursts of light, whatever. Anyway, but, you know, but there's the bit where uh, I, there's that line where uh, when when Alex said, sorry, when Mike says to him, was like, you know, we had fun once. And that is one of the saddest lines in this episode. And then, yeah. like, you know, then like Alex was like, yeah, we did. And he's like, he's like, thank you. And he's like, what are friends for? And he just, you know, goes off into the distance, right? Like Poochie into the sky. Um, and then we go back and magically all the kids are playing together, like a game that makes no sense where they're using like He-Mans or whatever. Right. Um, whatever. But like the other thing I like there is that the other parents said, Hey, you know, your son apologized like a gentleman. We're good. And then the, the one dad's like, we got burgers going on. And then like Alex was like, let them play for a while. I actually like that a lot too. It's like, you know what? They're good. Let them be kids. Let's go drink some, you know, let's go, let's go get, you know, schnockered over here by the burgers. We'll be good. Right. Like, you know, um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty proud of, uh, the, the Conrad's here. Cause 
there have been two encounters with, with this, this kid, child. right? Yeah. <laughs> and both encounters have led to some sort of violence. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fred Savage just isn't a clever name. You know, that's what I'm saying about that anyway. So, um, yeah, but you know, it just, that was the segment. And I, um, aside from the effects, which again, like you can say that like in the original series too, right? We can. Cause, um, like, well, I, I, I think I was talking about last week with the UFO and a saucer and loneliness. I hated that. But then I also remembered whatever the hell it is we saw in the original series episode, the fear. So there's always been bad effects, right? Like I get it, but the emotional part of this still, it, it holds a lot of water and I could easily see this segment maybe trimmed down around the edges a little bit being an original series episode. You know what I mean? As a compliment. Because Serling also had a lot of reflections on childhood, right? Like um, what was it, like walking distance. Um, oh, there's a couple others. that it's, He'd always be this fascination of going back or like where, where you were as a kid, right? So I could see this being of a piece of like the original series. And I really appreciated it. Yeah, it, it does feel like it would uh, kind of, kind of exist in that world and the the, the whole like uh, we can't explain it but this is what happened here and it's just that, that that's a really interesting idea that a, a imaginary friend could somehow have a, a greater power and be able to you know cross you know over to the next child and that like i, I found that yeah. very fascinating yeah and like it's it's almost the opposite of it's it's a good was it a good life right it's almost the opposite of that where you have this like omnipotent power but it just wants companionship as opposed to control. I mean, it does want control because it's selfish because it was dormant, right? But it's also in a lot of ways a child, right? I just, yeah, I, I dug it. Like, you know, like I really did. I thought this was a, like, this was a really solid segment. I, I wasn't expecting anything out of it, but I dug it a great deal. Yeah, even even the criticisms I would have with it are so minor that uh, I just felt like, you know, watching this, it felt pretty breezy. Like it, it felt like, you know, it wasn't like a, a taxing. It, felt, it wasn't yeah. taxing like some episodes that we've covered. Yeah. Here, the it felt like it felt like a grown-up episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just the tale of the imaginary friend or whatever, right? Submitted for your approval. The tale of the two mics. I don't know, um, but no, I dug it. So, and uh, any any other notes from this? I know you already mentioned the trivia that this house the house was used in um, Friday Four. Um, anything yeah, else? Yeah, there, there really wasn't anything else I could find about it unless you hit something. I got, well, that was the only trivia I had. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, rate that twist. <laughs> twist rating, as always, is one through five, meaning one we saw from a mile away, and five meaning mind blowing. Um, I'm going to try to scrub my brain of when I read the description of the episode that it gave away the twist immediately about the father and son having the same imaginary friend, which pissed me off. And I'm like, really? That's like, thank, thanks, Wikipedia. Um, you know, the way the episode lays it out though, like I'm going to give that a three because it does actually set the mystery up pretty well. So I'll give it yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to align with you on the, the yeah. three. Uh, the other part though, is I think there's a second twist here in a sense where the, the, the realization that it's something more than just like a, uh, a special friend that they have. Mm -hmm. And it's like some, some kind of other thing. I'll give that a four. I thought that was pretty interesting how they yeah. worked that part in the end. Because it works on two levels, right? Not just the father-son thing, but like whatever this is, it exists. And this is how it decided, like this is how it decided to engage, 
right? Like I like, yeah. and we don't need like, and basically there is an explanation, but it's not like, it's just, do you remember what was that episode we watched in the first season of this series where it was like that, the thing came down from space and it was taking different forms and like that, the one room that was the West, one of the West Craven episodes, right? Where it became a bomb. And then eventually the guy had to walk it outside and just kind of flew away. Like, this is a much better take of like this, like I came down because you guys contacted us. Like, this is a much better take on that type of idea. Like, I, I thought this was much better done. Yeah, it, it did uh, kind of remind me of some of the, the things that they had going on in that episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty damn solid so far. I mean, if only Lucas Haas summoned Lin Shay for a second. That would have been, anyway, so like, but anyway. So, so yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, what are friends for. I, I like again, I like the segment a great deal. It's also one of those things that like, unfortunately, with so far where we've been in this iteration of the Twilight Zone, the bar is set so low sometimes that when you find one, you're like, oh shit, it didn't fall on skis. Yes, you know, like it's like, <laughs> but this is small good. victories. Yeah, like, but it's still clear. You know, like it's still good. It's just that you're like, oh man, this is the cure for what ails me. We still have hope, right? So anyway, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's going to do it for our discussion about what our friends are for. Uh, you guys can find us on uh, Facebook at Strange Highways. You can email us directly at Strange Highways Podcast Gmail dot com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Um, and also, by the way, you can you can message us directly through Facebook. And I want to mention this because we did have somebody reach out recently, and we appreciate it. Uh, TJ reached out and was like, you know, complimenting the show and enjoying it. And I'm just like, yeah, well, Terry does all the work. I didn't tell him that, but it's the truth. You know, he's the, he's the, he's the sex appeal. Let's be honest. But he actually commented on this episode itself, so we actually have direct feedback. Um, hooray! I'm just getting into it. He's like, just finished watching what friends are for. All-star cast, including an uncredited appearance by Mark Paul, Mark Paul Gossler, Lucas Haas, sitting in a tree watching Fred Savage sleep with stuff of nightmares. Um, that stuff, Sorry, stuff nightmares are made of. Uh, then the sociopath kid, uh, glowing glob of light traps, Fred Savage, and some sort of straw and mud hut. Uh, I never, it never gets pointed out that he did so while giggling, meaning like when Lucas Haas was leaving, just becoming like transparent, he was laughing. He's like very, very creepy. <laughs> like, I agree. He's like, but instead it ends like like um, an after school special. WTF on a scale of one to five, one being shit and five being great. I gave this a three. You know what? I agree with you, TJ. Like, it, it, yeah. So yeah, it kind of kind of sounds like a lot of the things that we were pointing out too. Yeah. So like, yeah, TJ, thank you for uh, for uh, liking the show. First of all, Absolutely. thank you for listening. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's really important for us to that first and foremost be good enough that you would want to listen to us and then listen again. So yeah, he says he's in, he's in, um, we're in his top 10 favorite podcasts. So there we go. Like, Oh, excellent. You know, but like, good, you know, like we're, we're going to work up those ranks. We're, yeah. We're going to keep working. It's like, it's like, Hey, uh, TJ, now that you commented like every single time, like we're going to, like, we're going to, we're going to just tailor the show around you now. Like, no, I'm kidding. Small, uh, small favors. Yeah. <laughs> So no, thank you for that feedback. We do truly appreciate it. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're still on Instagram, folks. So if you are on that social media platform, check us out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that is just a another tool in the pocket for us to try to you know engage with people and you know have fun over there. Um, so yeah, if you could you know follow us on there and maybe share some of the stuff that we uh, we post on there, that'd be awesome. We that'd appreciate it. So yeah, so let's 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 get into what we're talking about next. And now, Mr. Serling. Next episode of Season 2, Episode 2, Segment B, Aqua Vita. Uh, Terry, this has Shooter McGavin in it. 
yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to see this because he's not a bad actor. I've seen him in other things as well. He always plays a jerk for the most part. Um, and so we'll see how this goes. So, so yeah, Aquavita. Like, it sounds like we're going to be talking about, like, it's going to be sponsored content by Aquavita, but not really. So, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Enjoy spooky season. I just, I got to call Terry a task that I saw you recently just link an article about, was it 48 pumpkin beers in Ohio or something? Yeah. My God. Like just drink up my friends. I I think we're good right now. Responsibly, of course. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Right. There's nothing responsible about this show. So yeah. Uh, But yeah, enjoy the spooky season. Uh, We'll be wet next week. And in the meantime, um, I don't know, like if you have an imaginary friend that could just summon like, like horses and race cars and stuff like, or, or really cool core of like uh, convertibles with like, you know, sexy women, uh, it might be a, it might be imaginary friend worth keeping. That that's what my thought is. I, I say play him suspect because you found him in a tree. Cowboys. Cowboys!